Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Smashing day, isn't it? <laughs> I don't understand. Because Smash has just come out. Oh. Yes. And I really want to play some Smash. We're going to drive like an hour after this podcast <laughs> just to go to someone's house and play some Smash. Oh. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the Smashing co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast entitled JoJo's World. Where we recap and discuss JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And today, on this day of all days, we are watching the 35th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Diamond is Unbreakable, which is also the 109th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole, Ooh. covering the end of chapter 417 mm-hmm. through uh, the first half of chapter 421 of the manga. That's an average length of number of chapters. And they're all in order. <laughs> this episode, Liam... If I were so bold as to say, go on, has been brought to you by the wonderful and perhaps even militarily excellent, okay, Eleanor Marshall. Oh, I get it. Yeah, because Marshalls, Mar- Marshall. Yeah. Hi, come on down to Marshalls, and we'll give you all of our uh, produce needs. Yo, unless the produce is more money for Patreon. Ah, uh, wait, do we give out the money? This is this, nothing. This is nothing. Oh, okay, good. Thanks, Eleanor. Thanks, Eleanor. And in conclusion, thank you. (laughs) But to sum up, thanks. But to be fair, if we were going to find some kind of aggregate summation of all this, Mm. thank you. But if we wanted to keep it a bit more casual, a bit more, um, bit more just sort of man on the street, Mm -hmm. cheers. Yep. (laughs) I can't beat that. The end. (laughs) So, Nick, before we start talking about this amazing episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4 Diamond is Unbreakable, uh, I wanted to share with you... Uh-huh, yeah. What? Just that complete one line is just like, so, Nick, let me tell you about this thing that I'm actually genuinely excited for, but I need to get through this sentence in order to properly articulate why I'm so excited. <laughs> You'll see. You did see. And now the listeners will hear. Ooh. Words of wisdom from the author and artist of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, mm-hmm. Hirohika Araki. Isn't writing art, though? Ah, uh, It's not. Don't, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. This is from volume 45 of the manga release. I frequently get the comment that enemies in JoJo are weak. Those were in quotes. Yep. I think my response to this criticism is quite clear from the work itself. But since I've heard the same complaint from the editorial staff, I'll answer it explicitly. <laughs> I would love if he didn't say anything after this point. (laughs) Just, I've heard the same complaint from the editorial staff. End of sentence. (laughs) No, then he'd say, so I'll answer it explicitly. End of note. To be continued next time. And the next time's like, I was walking down the street just the other day. And I saw a man. I thought he could be my rival. But he wasn't. The end. (laughs) I'll answer it explicitly. I constructed part four around the theme of mental and emotional weakness. The stands were created by exaggerating the viewpoints of characters consumed by their own flaws. Ooh, okay. I can see that. So like, uh... Okay, hang on. What about Jankin Boy? How is his stand? Too into Jankin. (laughs) Rohan defeated him and then was like, uh... Did a big Oompa Loompa song about how being obsessed with Jankin is bad for him. No, it's probably about how like... Wanting to... Get people sucked in? No, um, wanting to, to, like, live up to the reputation of an admired figure is not a healthy way to... I can't remember what his stand was. What he was, was all stand? like, oh, I really admire you, Kashime Rohan. I'm going to destroy your soul and then embody your excellence. 
Through Jenkins. Oh, yeah. If he won three times, then he'd get a soul or something. Mm. Yeah. And obviously Rohan is about like obsession with art or work or... Mm. And knowing everything. Obsession is just kind of a theme that runs through Rohan as a character. Yeah. Okiyasu is a really cool guy. Yeah. He has a hand that warps space-time. Kira's obviously a coward. Yep. As we can tell from wanting to explode everyone. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about that later this episode, I'm sure. Oh, about yeah. how his new power is the ultimate expression of his cowardice. Yes. Oh my god. Because he needs more stands than he already has. It's just... And of course, Koichi was an egg. Oh, how cool! He had such potential, but was so fragile. <sighs> but and now... Now it's an expression of his bad boy persona. So you're telling me that I'm Koichi. Boy, it'd be a shame if Koichi were to cut someone... <laughs> And he's just standing at, like, the door. He's just there. Reverb Act 3 is there as Echoes. well. Sorry, Echoes Act 3 is there as well. Just being like, hey, my boy, you're going to cut someone. And you're all like, oh, Koichi, he's so bad. He's so wholesome. <laughs> so cute. Oh, how he says he's going to cut me. Adorable. Look at his little hands picking up the knife. So, episode 35. I'm sorry, hang on. Can we just... I just looked over... Oh, yes. Okay, there's quite an interesting picture that accompanies uh, no, this author's notes. That's an understatement and a half. Uh, it's um, <laughs> Araki in some sort of uh, wonderful secret garden. Mm-hmm. He is, he's got his one hand on his hip. His left hand is on his hip. Mm-hmm. His right hand is sort of, it's caressing his chin in that way when someone's thinking about something. Yep. But like in, where, in that performative sense where your finger is straight, you know, where you're like, oh, huh. Ah, uh, yes, I've come across a genius plan. And you might say, why, Liam, that sounds comparatively normal. I don't see why this drew Nick's attention so much. Oh, listener, how young you are. For um, around him, donned like some form of wreath, is a frame, a picture frame, and atop which is a sculpture? Yeah, two, um, I want to say... Turquoise, kind of greeny. I, I want to say that they're made of copper or something. Yeah. And then much like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Um, is that made of copper? I think so. It doesn't matter. I think it was... It's a, it's metal. Yeah. Metal, which has oxidised and turned... Violent green. Violent green. Hi, I'm Violent Green, one of the rejected kids from Willy Wonka. <laughs> so, it's like the two hands. One of them is like down... The left one is down like a normal... like Leaning on a desk. Like you're at a bar and you're leaning at the bar yeah. like, Hello there, barkeep. And the right one is much higher than Araki's own hand, but is making that same pose. Like a... Hmm. Yeah. Why? Pretty cool. What? Why? Pretty cool. Why? I don't understand. So, the episode. 35, another one bites the dust. 1999. Hitler rises to power. <laughs> you really took a shine to that joke, didn't well, you? I, I quite enjoy that joke, because it's like, it just applies to any time whatsoever. Yet, consistently, 1999. <laughs> We open, smash cut, to 8.30pm, Thursday, July 15th. You thought we were done with it, but it's not. It rears its ugly head yet again for another 15 minutes or so. Ooh. It's horrific to look at. Sure. <laughs> Kira's dad is frantically flying through the sky being like, not good, they're closing in on my son, I need to go warn him. Flashback to what Kira's dad saw mere moments ago. Raimi. Knee- kneeling? Yeah. Squatting near the, the photograph album that Rohan Kashibe carelessly dropped. Tisk tisk. And yet... She's all... It fell open uh, to exactly the right page <laughs> as we see her being like, uh, Hey, why is this photograph of this kid circled? Huh, 
Kawajiri. That's the same name that this guy down here has. You're a researcher, aren't you, Rohan? Didn't you notice this? And Rohan just goes, huh. He puts his hand on his chin in a huh pose. In that sort of performative way that Araki knows very (laughs) well. He goes, huh, I guess you're right. We better look into this young man. And then dad is flying through the sky like, oh no, Rohan will find him. Cut to 8.48pm. The Kawajiri household, Shinobu Kawajiri, the mother of the house, Uh is looking for her son, Hayato Kawajiri. He's probably dabbing. He is young. Mm. The youth of 1999 love that dab. My son Hayato won't talk to me at all. He's too busy muttering about Fortnite. What is this, um unicorn bullshit that they're getting into in Fortnite. Is that a thing? Are you actually asking me this or are you doing I don't know. the bit? This is half-half. Because I don't know. Okay, great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, gosh. Hayato. All his clothes in the hallway as if they'd been exploded off him. How uh-huh. ridiculous. A dog, a barrel. Ugh. That's uh, concerning. Sure. Okay. Nothing to worry about though. Nothing yet. We still haven't found it. I should go into the bathroom that he's in and give him a piece of my mind. Ooh, okay. That could lead to disaster. That's fine. It's fine. So she's shouting, she's shouting at the glass bathroom door, which uh, then through the frosted glass, we see the very large silhouette of Kira come up to and he comes in. He's not wearing a shirt. He's wearing pants. I would have loved if she was like, Hayato, get out here. Silhouette shows up on the doorframe. Hayato, I said get out here. <laughs> uh, he comes on out and he's like, yes, hello, it's me, your husband. Ah, my husband. I would like to know where our loving son is. Well, I mean, Shinobu talks normally because oh, she's not a creep like Kira. Oh, uh, okay. Is that not how normal people talk? <laughs> yeah. So she's all, yo, husbando, you tell me where the hell <laughs> my goddamn <laughs> son is. <laughs> Why are you beatboxing? I <laughs> know, it seemed appropriate. <laughs> you tell me where the hell my goddamn son is. Well, my name's Shinobu and I'm here to say I'm angry at my son for making a mess in the hallway. Please stop, dear. Please stop. This is no place for a rap concert. <laughs> oh, I thought Hayato was in the bathroom. But it's you, my husband. Your fingers are bleeding. I'll get you a bandage from this cupboard here. Hirohiko Araki. No, not Hirohiko Araki. <laughs> Hirohiko Araki, serial killer. Yoshikage Kira, aka um, Yoshikage Kira, hashtag uh, what's his name? His actual the guy's name that he's inhabiting the body. Kasaka Kawajiri. That guy. Hashtag Kasaka Kawajiri. Hashtag Kasaka Kawajiri. Listeners, tweet all your tweets about the podcast this episode with the hashtag Kasaka Kawajiri. Uh, yep. So he slams his door on the closet. He slams his door on the closet. And he's all like, like no, right, dear. right over her head, just like whoop. No, dear, that won't be needed. I can take care of it. I'll do it myself. Definitely don't look in that cupboard ever. There's nothing inside there. No dead boy. I'm not sweating a lot for no reason. Uh, So we get, at this point, I think we get a shot of... Oh, he he lies at that he caught his fingers in a door and that's Uh, why they're bleeding. Uh, And then we see a shadowy shot through the the crooked open door of the cupboard to a dead son (gasps) caught. Cut to the opening. Simon Belmont, Joker from Persona, uh, City of Light Mode. No, not City of Light. What's it called? Thing of Light. Thing of Light Mode. And even new stages. Of course, Light Mode was uh, Kaza's special ability, which allowed him to have a chainsaw in his arm. 
Light model. Nah, cut that out. That was shit. <laughs> Not that staying in. Damn it. This will this will teach you to stay on course. <laughs> a thing that we're we're known for <laughs> staying on topic consistently. A thing that. Oh yes, I'm Liam S. Smith. Hang on, have you ever seen this show, <laughs> Smith? <laughs> we are the greatest hosts. <laughs> you can tell there's a real affection between <laughs> us. <laughs> we're just sitting here like, man, you know what we're great at? Nothing. Eight fifty p.m. Josuke's house. Can we choose there? Oh yes, it's a tolerable scene. He's all like. Ah, thank you, Koichi, for coming and telling me about Hayato Kawajiri and his house. We're all going there tomorrow. Are we just? Mm. You see, Rohan found the address, because he sure works fast, that Rohan, and me, Josuke, will invite Okiyasu and Jotaro. And then Koichi's like, oh, Jotaro, we're best friends, I'll invite him. (laughs) I'll go to his house right now, that hotel that he lives at. Yeah, we'll meet at 8.30am at the intersection with the Pepsi sign. Okay, so... So... Three things. You know how you know how we all use ads as landmarks? Uh no, not even remotely. <laughs> One, why is this intersection well known? Well, it's a small town. Oh yeah, I guess it's the only billboard in town. <laughs> it's the only Pepsi billboard in town, that's for sure. The intersection with the Pepsi sign. Ah. Home of that sweet, sweet tropical drink. Ah. Oh, not gotta tropical. Love it. It's Pepsi. It's ah. a cola. Oh, gotta love me that tropical drink. Pepsi. <laughs> Second thing. Why are they meeting at an intersection at all? Why not just meet at... At his like, house? Yeah, at someone's house. Like, why not just go to Rohan's house? I think the idea is this intersection is, ne- is near the address. Okay. Third question. Raimi? Is she coming? She, she can't. She, She's, she can only live so in that I, alleyway and at the Osens. Is that at the intersection? No. So why not meet there? Why bother? She can't come. Yeah, but she can elaborate further, and she can be part of the discourse. That's true. Isn't that what everyone wants, to be part of the conversation, <laughs> Liam? God, it's a democratic process, isn't it? Hunting down a serial killer? Yeah. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> uh, Josuke's all like, uh, no, I'm going to be late for school, but it is important to hunt a serial killer. I guess we should do the right thing and wag. <laughs> I guess we should do yet another in a long series of, of contrivances that have kept us from ever going to class. <laughs> are they ever going to graduate? Like, <laughs> are we going to get to part five? And it's like, and here's Josuke again. Guess what? He's he still held back. <laughs> Why? Because he kept skipping school. <laughs> Isn't that cool, kids? Yeah, don't skip school. Back at uh, Kawajiri house, mm-hmm. Kira's being real sweaty. And he's being like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. No, nothing's wrong. Uh, tea? I could go for some tea. Yeah, you should go go out of this room and make me some tea, dear wife. And she's all like, okie dokie. She's all like, anyway, I think you're immortal lately. Tea? Uh, where did this come from? <laughs> like, legitimately, do you ever look... Have you ever been in a relationship where you look at the other person and you go... You know, lately I think you're immortal. You'll never die. And if you did, it would ruin my life. Anyway, I'll go get some tea. Yeah. So she then... leaves. Uh, Kira falls to his knees and starts biting his nails super hard. Source of his bloody fingies. Oh, I get it. He's nervous. That's mm. a first. Having human emotions. Uh, Dad closes the uh, the door and is just in the room being like, Oh, my precious son. Whenever you felt stressed as a child, you would bite your fingies. And now I see you still are doing that. Orpheus. Morpheus? No, Orpheus. Dr. Orpheus. You sounded like that for a second. Oh, Dr. Byron Orpheus. Yeah. You sounded like Dr. Byron Orpheus. My precious son. 
by the hand of Oklingo. Anyway, seven people got that reference. Yeah, all our patrons. <laughs> Kira's chewing his nails. We zoom in through his eyes. We get a flashback of him murdering his son as Hayato's all like, yeah, you can't hurt me or mom or I'll show everyone everything. Picks up clothes, runs out of room. Killer Queen grabs him by the scalp, blows him up. All of those clothes get scattered into the hallway as if by an explosion. And he's just there going like, you can't possibly escape my wrath, boy. Now you're dead. But that was a big mistake. That was the dumbest move I've made all of this season. <laughs> in a series of incredibly dumb moves by me, Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist. And now child murderer. <laughs> well, he was a child and he murdered him. Yes, but also we don't know this is the first child that he's killed. Oh, yeah, he did kill... Uh, Raimi's 16. That's on the cusp. Yeah, but he also murdered... What's his name? Shigechi? Um, yeah, Shigechi. Troll boy. How easily we forget. Oh, man. What a lad. What an absolute unit he was. <laughs> How old was he? Uh, he was in, like, the, the next rank of school down from... Like, he wasn't in high school. He was in middle school? Yeah. So he would have been, like... 13, 14? Yeah. Yeah. I'd classify that as a... Child? Teen? Ager? Anyway. I'd, I'd classify that as child murder. Yeah, okay, sure. I'd classify this as unambiguous child murder. <laughs> so, okay, he's now Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist, and unambiguous child murderer. <laughs> Great. Excellent. Dad's all like, oh, poor son, and Kira's like, shh, I'm trying to think of something. So, Kira is like super freaking out yep, he's to having... the point where he's like biting off his fingers. Having a big stressy time. And we didn't get to see the full gore of it, but like, Yuck. you know, it's not a good look. Dad's all like, oh, my son, you've got to run away. You've got to leave town before they find you. And always got to save three steps ahead of the chase that will inevitably ensue. Mother Russia. <laughs> so Yoshikage Akira grabs his father. And he's like, no, grabs him by the photograph. This fucking show. So he grabs his dad by the photo. And he's like, look at this photo. Look, this photo, I will never leave town. <laughs> Do you want to try acting that again? No, I think we got it in one. We nailed it. <laughs> He's like, Cut no, and print. No, I can't leave Mario. I can't live my life in fear. I can only live here, in Mario, where I won't live in fear. Because I live here, in Mario. Because I'm Kira. That sounded like the beginning of a musical number. Well, try to imagine it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then as, he's, the as he's gripping this photograph... Everyone's just vaguely like, what? Because the um, the arrow, which of course lives in the photograph with Yoshihiro. Mm -hmm. uh, Yoshihiro? That's his name. That's his actual name? Yeah. Wow. He's not a hero. Sure. Yeah. Nor is he a Yoshi. Mario's friend, also a dinosaur. Hey, we don't know that, okay? Anyway, the arrow just starts poking out. Pokes out into Kira's wrist. And we watch as it underneath the skin goes up his arm. Yeah. And then like it bursts out of his upper arm and into his neck. And Yoshihiro's all like, I didn't do that. That wasn't me. Shit, son. <laughs> What's going on? And they're like, there's a whole lot of like power and blood flowing through the scene. And then as quickly as it began, everything sort of gets sucked into this point in the middle of the screen. Well, it's not just a point in the middle of the screen. It is, um, we close up on Kira's eye, which like, there's like a lot of eye opening. 2001 a Space Odyssey style. Sure. Uh, and like the colors get more and more distorted. It becomes more and more like a cat eye. Uh, we reach peak Jojo. And then everything just gets sucked right into that cat's eye. But why, Liam? Why? Black screen. Unclear. 7.30am. It's Friday. 
July 16th. We finally did it. We escaped. Surely this day will go nice and straightforward. Surely we won't have four episodes about July 16th. <laughs> Hayato's in his room. He's listening to the radio, which is like, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> so uh, the mother. Shinobu. Shinobu is all like, Hayato, Hayato, you lazy shit. Get up for school. A scene that I'm sure all of us can relate to mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. multiple levels. Oh, you're already up. Hayato's standing at his window and turns around looking real serious. He's all like, yes, mother, I've ascended. Because <laughs> you, you were starting to think that perhaps Kira like, put his mind in Hayato's yeah. body or something. I genuinely was just like, wait, Hayato's alive. Weird stand shit was going on. Kira finds yet another way to disguise himself as someone else. Exactly. I was like, what if he is in him now? <gasps> Which I guess in a way he is, but not really at all. But quickly dispelled, because we immediately cut to Hayato's internal monologue being like, I didn't sleep very well last night. I'm so stressed out about my dad being a magical serial killer. Weird. But I'm not dead, that's for sure. Huh. This is July the 16th in 1999. Yep. Okay, okay, alright. Cut to... Close up on Kira's new second Killer Queen tie with even more Killer Queen skull faces coming down the stairs. He's wearing a white suit. He's wearing a green pinstripe shirt. He's wearing this greenish tie. And he looks smug as fuck. He looks very different. Yeah, okay. So I I would like to liken this scene to Twin Peaks. Go on. In Twin Peaks, when we find out that... Or rather, when the... Dude who murders what's her face? Laura Palmer. She was a beautiful girl who did drugs, had a lot of sex, uh, basically was the worst human being in the town, but she was a beautiful human being. Uh, the her dad. You heard it here first, mo- folks. Uh, doing drugs and having a lot of sex makes you the worst person in a town. Yeah. Spoiler alert: When her dad finds out that there's this spirit inside of him that's like coming to murder people, basically. He goes insane and immediately turns grey haired. So like season one, he's all like, yeah, I've got like black hair. This is fine. And then in season two, he's just greyed. And the way they explain it is he just woke up one day with grey hair. It's like that, except the exact opposite emotional reaction where it's like this guy isn't going insane. He's just bringing the thunder. Yeah. Uh, So Kira's new hair, it's white. It's um... worse. So much worse. I'll pay that. Somehow. Um, it's a lot of like white discrete strands we see. It's um, combed back. Mm-hmm. And it's got these... Like like a... um. Before we get to that. Oh, God. The, the underlayer is like one of those 80s evil businessmen who just like slicks and combs back their hair. Mm. Like it's all backward motion. That's not 80s. That's all evil businessmen. <laughs> but, but there's a particular look in those movies of that era, you know? Yeah. It's like super hardcore pulled back style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's an upper layer of just like black squiggly strands. Oh. Great, I suppose I have to keep that in. <laughs> I have, I just, I want to punch him. Does Araki understand the feelings that are elicited from bad hairstyles? Because <laughs> that is... But there's never been a bad one in JoJo's before. No, no, no. That is a perfectly acceptable hairstyle. It just makes me want to punch him. Ah. Because that is like JoJo's hair, right? Yeah. It is like extravagant to the point of, my God, I want to kill you. At this point, uh, Nick was all like, I don't understand what's happening. And we cut to 
Dad Kira on the ceiling being like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I think my exact words were, what the fuck? We flash back to now what ended up happening last night in this new timeline, as we'll learn, Whoa. where... Dad Kira is in the bathroom entry foyer, which apparently the house has, uh, <laughs> being like, uh, they're coming to get you. Rohan's coming to get you. Just like, we, just like we saw him say before. Yeah. But now Kira is cool and calm. His nails are unbitten. He opens the cupboard. There's no corpse in there. And he just goes, everything will be fine, father. Yes, I have matured. Killer Queen has gained a third ability. Oh my, gaspeth, he says. He moves casually over to the sink and the mirror, just combs each side of his hair once, and that black hair gives way to the white underside, which I guess was there the whole time. Okay, so my theory on this was, all the oil and dirt that has been living there for the last however many years that Yoshikage Kira refused to comb out- Kazaka Kawajiri before him. Yeah. No, but Kira also, because well, he didn't want to... low profile. You know, yeah, he didn't want to bring any attention. Mm. Uh, he's now combed out, and lo and behold, turns out that Mr. Kawajiri... Grey as a mule. He was real old. <laughs> he's a hundred years old. <laughs> he's a grey fox. A mortal, even. Back in the morning. Yep. The TV's on. And this guy's coughing. Yeah, because there was an ad for Mario's signature miso tongue soup playing. Ah... It ends, and the guy's like, uh, uh, what, we're on? Uh, anyway, the weather is, and we see in the corner of that screen that it's 7.55am. <gasps> Time is important. Mmm. The phone rings. Ring, ring. Mum's all like, Hayato, answer the phone. Hayato's too busy being like, what the fuck is going on? Why is dad so confident now? Why is he so smug and looking at me in the mirror with that smug look on his face? As he's fixing his hair and his tie. Just so smug. Mm, I don't like it. I don't like his confidence. Hayato, answer the phone! I don't like how he looks at me with those weird, confident eyes. Oh, fine. I'll do it. Mum runs over. She slips on the rug, falls and shatters the big teapot she's carrying. And she's like, oh no! My antique teapot! My precious antique teapots! (laughs) Mrs. Potts, no! Tea just goes everywhere. Hayato's all like, whoops. Uh, yeah, she's all like, it's your fault, Hayato, for ignoring me. Oh, why do you never speak to me? You're such a bad son. Lovely wife. Child. Both of you calm down. I'm here. I'll buy you a new one. I'll answer the phone for you. I don't know, mate, but it's your round. <laughs> you ever seen that? <laughs> no. That's, um, okay. This is a diversion. Okay. Ah. Uh, oh. No, nothing that we're known for. <laughs> yep. uh, a bit a bit of Fry and Laurie is a really good sketch where they do Australian soap operas. <laughs> and it's just a whole bunch of like standing and talking at each other's backs and being like, you leave Sheila out of this. Yeah. And they reach us to a certain point And at the end of the sketch, they just go, I don't know, mate, but it's your round. And they both pretend it's a freeze frame, but they're clearly just holding still. <laughs> oh, man, that is alarmingly accurate. It's a good sketch. Yeah, that's good. That's just what we do whenever we're angry at each other. It's like, oh, I can't even look at you. (gasps) You want a beer? All right. (laughs) It's your round. (laughs) Freeze frame for three hours. (laughs) No one's watching. We're just doing it for our own benefit. Exactly. Anyway, beautiful human wife. Uh, I will give you a goodbye kiss now. Smooch. And there's after that smooch, there's a a quick box in of Hayato being super angry at at this monster showing his mum affection. It's all like, 
You're not my real dad, and you kiss my mother as if you're my real dad. Oh, you confident bastard. Scene transition with the family clock ticking to 8.06am. Is that important? Timeline. I guess, but eight, I mean, I'm not one for hard logic. We know that the boys are coming at 8.30am. True. True. TikTok. So Hayato's all like, I'm gonna leave for school now. Now <laughs> that dad, dad has gone to work. Do we now have to refer to him as father uh so he looks out the door quickly and he's like oh, he's gone he's left i'm free and kira who is right next to the door is like no i'm still here puts yellow hat on hayato's head let's walk to school together and i can exposit a bit but still be very mysterious don't want to burn your scalp sonny here's your yellow hat no boy. hat no play hayato oh i see you didn't bring a legionnaire we'll have to fix that for you hats Man. And school policy. Do you remember in primary school when... No, I got hit on the head by a coconut. I'm sorry for you. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember when they would like... We had like the the sports shed that was like filled with like soccer balls and volleyballs and stuff like that. And you had to go in and like sign off on what you wanted to like get the ball out. Rings a vague bell. Yeah. And it was like, we go in there and then one day you'd be allowed to run it and you're like, yeah, we get to do whatever we want. Or in retrospect, you'd be allowed yeah. to run it. Exactly. And then you'd just be in there like, man, this is the best. We get to like run this place and everyone's taking all the equipment they want to use. To go have fun outside. Oh man, what a great time this is. I'm going to throw hockey balls at you. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, they're walking to school to slash to work and Kira's all like, oh man. I feel so refreshed, like I just put on underwear on New Year's Day. Isn't it funny, that feeling of being in complete despair to being 100% okay with life? So much happened yesterday. Big day. (laughs) Just Kira's just there like, you know, it's a big day yesterday. When we think about it clearly. It almost felt like it was four discrete episodes of our lives as opposed to just one. Man, absolute unit of a day. But now I'm so at ease. You cornered me, and then I matured. Your will was so strong. I was so proud of you, my son. But you're not my real dad. To think that you would actually threaten me. Me, serial killer in hand fetishist, Yoshikage Kira. What? That's not your name. Hayato's all like, oh, your name. And Kira's all like, oh, did I say my name? So smug. Ha, <laughs> whoopsie daisy. <laughs> it doesn't matter, though. Not with... The fact that I've matured now. Now no one can threaten me, not even you. If I needed to kill you, I would have done it last night. And I definitely didn't ever do that. I'm not an unambiguous child murderer. I never killed you. No, no, no. I've matured. Yes. It would have been so immature of me to murder you in the bathroom last night. But no, that's that's not at all what I did. So it's a good thing it never happened. And I stayed so cool and calm and collected all throughout the process of you threatening me. I've matured. (laughs) Have you, Hayato? Anyway, I'm going to the station now. Bye! Don't splurt words about this to anyone else. Did you say don't splurt words about this? Yes. Alright, don't do that. Don't splurt words. Uh, Ominous rain clouds gather above the Pepsi sign. (laughs) (laughs) We set the scene for the greatest duel known to man. (laughs) 
Hayato has a moment where like despair closes in around him and he uh, everything starts to go grayscale except for him. And as he's walking and, and thinking about Kira's creepy new confidence and about how maybe if he's talking about unrivaled abilities, it means other people have them and that's something. Oh, um, and also the fact that um, he has uh, matured. Mm. A red car pulls up. We see it drive past and then in that white, next wide shot, it's just there. And it's all white and black and everything's grey and shit. Yeah. Until, in this black and white landscape... Of depression and angst. The door of the car opens, revealing full-colour, amazing outfit, Rohan Kashibe. Would you like me to pull up a picture of this particular Rohan Kashibe outfit? How is that even a question? We need to. Open up the Rohan Kashibe lookbook. So here's the thing. I know distinctly that those boots are made of hard rubber. Because the sounds of stretching leather and rubber can be heard as he exits the vehicle. So that is some strunk leather play immediately with zips that go all the way up to like his shins. Yes. Yep. <laughs> the the um pilot's pants. I would say jodpers. The, sure. The boots fade into um jodpers of the same color, which is sort of olive green. Yep. Yep. He doesn't really have a shirt per se. He's got a um sort of a half shirt. It comes down to like just below his pecs, showing mm-hmm. off those sweet abs. Uh, and over it, over it is a half coat. Kind of a pea green coat. Mm-hmm. Much like the one that he wore one time before. Mm, but but even more incredible. It's got a um sort of... A quill? No. Like a nib? Yeah, his signature pen nib motif mm. uh, is the clasp of it. And he's also got two of those on his under, under half sweater too. He's also wearing... Um, Dark blue gloves. Yeah. Navy blue almost. Which again have those pen nibs on the um the glove clasps. Oh my god. Then topping it off with his um with green pen nib earrings and his signature headband. Which is pink. I would rate this Rohan Kashibe look 10 out of 10 on the Rohan Kashibe scale. <laughs> is there any lesser numbers on the Rohan Kashibe scale? Not that we've seen. Excellent. Maybe his first outfit, because I feel like it kind of escalated from there. Well, sort of, but at the same time, everyone else that we've ever seen is like a zero out of ten on the Rohan Kashibe sure. look scale. Jotaro's got some numbers on it with his big coat yeah. and his big spiky yeah. triangle pin. Yeah, I guess, but it's none of the. It doesn't come on the Rohan. Ki- it's like a normal scale outfit. This is Rohan Kashibe scale. Sure, here. whatever. Hmm. So Rohan's sitting in his car being like, you're Hayato Kawajiri, aren't you? This isn't creepy, I promise. No, it's Rohan Kashibe. Why would it be creepy? Yeah, and Hayato's like, you're famous manga artist Rohan Kashibe. I love Pink Dark Boy. Keep it down, kid. We're not playing rock, paper, scissors, all right? Hey, I want to ask you some questions about you videoing your dad at the train station. I took these photos of you doing that. That's not creepy, I promise. Oh, so you're... You're just a normal manga artist then. Oh. Hayato turns and runs. Uh, and then before he can even take a step, <laughs> Heaven's Door reaches out and turns him into a book. And Rohan's like, ah, oh, it's easier this way anyway. <laughs> you know, it's quicker to read people rather than listen to those tiresome conversations. He flips through a bit and then he comes to a weird, weird page. Huh. What? Is this a warning? A spoiler warning? <laughs> the hell? Warning. Do not read any further. That's weird, it's never happened any... Rohan mulls on this a bit for a moment and then his curiosity gets the better of him and he's like, I must know. So the thing is, he makes a good point of that people that he reads can't possibly put warnings in there because they're from his experiences, right? Yeah. So 
It doesn't make any sense that there would be something warning you because it's not an experience. It's not something you're consciously writing. Exactly. Or even unconsciously writing. Yeah, it's just like a, what? That's fucking weird. Yeah. So he opens it up and he's all like, fuck spoilers. Yeah. Huh. An old guy walked by with his fly down. He sneezed and said, damn it. Then women laughed. Doesn't seem that interesting. That's okay. That seems like an odd experience for a small child to have. Who is this kid? And yet, then it all happens. What? And he's all like, what? Next page. It rained and lightning struck the Pepsi sign. It begins Not to- the precious Pepsi <laughs> sign. It begins to rain. And what should happen? Lightning strikes the Pepsi sign. How has this kid experienced future events? Is he a stand user? No. This is too weird to be a stand. Pause. <laughs> okay. So we've seen time stopping mm-hmm. from Jotaro. We've seen a man literally shapeshift into a giant tentacle nightmare of, like, blue goo stuff in front of Josuke's face. Oh, Mikataka? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we've seen a book that can read the future. Have we? Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've seen uh, some other weird shit that honestly can't be explained by <laughs> rational reasoning. But this is where we draw the line. This is too out there, okay? Yeah. This is this is too much. Spoilers? Unclear. This kid can't possibly read the future, though. Next page. My dad isn't my dad. I followed him to this house and he killed the people in there. I found him. His name is Yoshikage Kira. <gasps> I, Rohan Kashibe, have cracked it. I didn't need this kid at all. See, it's him. He's right here. Kira is Kasaka Kawajiri. It all makes sense. Oh, I'm a genius. I'm great. I'm Rohan Kashibe. What's this next bit say? So oh, it's my name. <laughs> Rohan Kishibe was killed. He was killed by Kira, who hadn't matured. And then we see tiny Killer Queen peeking out from under the page in Hayato's face. Hello. Yep. I am Killer Queen. Killer Queen. Uh, Kira's voice exclaims, bites the dust. What? And uh, Rohan immediately is like, what the hell is going on? Heaven's Door comes out, tries to do some punching, but it just goes through the image of Killer Queen. Like, like, it, like it's not even there. It's like, what the hell's going on here? Kira's voice continues to narrate. Killer Queen is already inside your eye. Okay, so this is fucking rad. Yeah. It's like immediately upon seeing it, it's gone. It's over. Yeah. He's in your eye. Um, it's like one of those little dead floaty things in your eye, except... Gross. More dangerous. Uh, the switch has been activated. Blood explodes out Rohan's back. Second time in two days. Oh, that is inconvenient. <laughs> uh, and we get a brief shot of uh, his trademark pen nip earrings falling to the floor, <gasps> mirroring the shot of Polnareff's broken heart earrings falling to the floor when he was about to be consumed by vanilla ice <gasps> on that fateful cliffhanger. Oh no, that means he gonna die. It's yep, like that's the, what happened to Polnareff. It's like the pearl necklace from Batman that every single Batman movie needs to keep using over <laughs> and over again. It's like how at the end of any biography film of Abraham Lincoln, it'll end with Sally saying, Abe, we're going to the theatre soon now. Get ready. Man, I really fucking hate that pearl necklace scene. <laughs> I figured you might. You know, the thing... Is, okay, the thing that really gets me, right? It's not the, like, dropping of the thing. It's that it keeps getting used and that's not what happens with pearl necklaces. Because pearl necklaces have, like, bits in between the pearls. So it would just drop. It wouldn't, like, shatter. Alright. It's just... Oh, it's a clear oversight on the detail of murder. I think the idea is the necklace breaks. Why is it a pearl one, then? For dramatic effect? Yeah. 
No, just use like a little like uh, uh, a pendant. Yeah, a pendant. Like with... of a pen nib, or for instance. Yeah, exactly. Use a little pendant, and then when it like drops, it opens up, and it's the photos of like Alfred and uh, uh, what's his name, Bruce Wayne, and they're all. Why like... would they have a photo of their butler? Because he's a close family companion, and he's there sitting with young little Bruce. Why wouldn't it be her husband and her son? Why would it ever be? They're, these are the Waynes we're talking about. They got a lot going on. Okay, they don't have time for family photos. All right, they're dead. So it'd be that, and then like the glass would shatter, and it'd be all like, oh, it's a more meaningful thing because now like half the pendant's gone, but there's a like a break all the way. What if the, the pendant falls open and all the family bats escape? <laughs> And then Bruce is there like, oh no, I need to refind my batdom. Yeah. So Rohan like falls back. Yeah, he's in a real bad way. Um, Blood Kira, spurting out. Kira keeps speaking and says, This is my third stand power. Killer Queen's third ability is a bomb to blow away anyone who finds out about my identity from Hayato. Uh, question. Is this uh, currently being said to Hayato? Like, as part of the stand, or is this him narrating it? Unclear. Because it sure feels like Rohan's going, so this is how it works. I'm pretty sure Rohan is hearing this. Okay. Um, Hayato can't non-verbally write it. He can't, like, respond if anyone asks him a question. Even just asking a question will get someone in hot water. So he can't reveal who Kira is. Yeah. At all. Or even be in a situation where his lack of answer would be suspicious. Mm. And so... As part of the stand power, Rohan must now die. Yep, Rohan has his dying monologue as he's all like, That's right, Koichi was coming. Koichi was coming. I need to get to Koichi and tell him that I, that I found out who Kira was. So two things. One, that's almost exactly what he says. Yeah. Two, he really loves Koichi. As he explodes, he shouts Koichi's name. <laughs> And Hayato's there going, no! no! Hayato's unconscious because he was a book. No, isn't he there being like, holy shit, there's a guy exploding in no. front of me. I thought that's what happened. No, and then, and then it flumps. Because just every, before everything flumps, the book flings clutch shut and he wakes up. Oh, I thought, no, I thought that the book closes as Rohan's exploding in that instant. Oh, could and then, be. And then he like opens his eyes and there's a dude exploding in front of him. He's like, oh no, it's happening again. Yeah, that could be right. <laughs> yeah. And then it's all like, jump time. Groundhog Day. Hayato wakes up at 7.30am on thir- Friday, July 16th. That's today. <laughs> yep, it sure is. Oh my God, we've gone back in time. That's the power of love. It's your kids, Kira. Something's got to be done about your kids. What? Back to the future. Oh. Oh, I get you. He's gonna tell Josuke. Ugh. Have we got an almanac that we can use for massive gains? The stand almanac. Yeah. Which is kind of Thoth. Thoth? Yeah. Is that the um the the yeah. Boingo Boingo one? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it kind of is in a way. But I'm it's less bad. <laughs> because Oingo Boingo's one was like, and look, Jotaro definitely got his head peeled open. Wait, this is the Jotaro. It's like, oh, it's definitely Jotaro. It's like, no, don't, don't fucking don't fuck me, Thoth. <laughs> All right? Is it the Jotaro? I mean, it could be. God damn it, Thoth, you fucker. Hayato, wake up. Oh, you're already up. Yes, I had weird dreams last night. I couldn't sleep very 
What? We briefly get the highlights of the morning again. This time Hayato catches the tea kettle, teapot before it smashes. And then Kira is like, huh, it's almost as if you knew that was gonna fall, son. Oof. He looms over Hayato, pouring him a small cup of tea. Mm. He's all like, ah, uh, yes, I suspect you're wondering what the fuck just happened. Well, guess what? I can explain it all in one simple sentence. I've matured. Oh. Yes, that's right. Me, Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist, time-traveling child murderer, (laughs) and a mortal. I wonder if he has a tie that says that. And everyone's like, wow, Yoshikage Kira must be a great fashionable icon. It's like, yes, very few people know about him. And it should definitely stay that way. (laughs) Phone rings, uh, ring-a-ding-ding. Someone answers it, it's all fine. Uh, oh, that's when Shinobu answers it, because she's all like, wow, you caught the teapot. Yeah, now I can answer the phone. Well, if you could hear, you should answer it, you little shit lord. So I guess you already blew someone up, didn't you, son? What? I have no idea what you're talking about. That definitely did not happen at all. My, I don't know the deets, because I also don't remember. You know, I don't know what you did, son. I'm but also trapped in the time loop. Hmm. It must have been pretty shit. Otherwise, I... Wait, is he trapped in time? Or does he know that... Kira doesn't know. Okay, alright, cool. He has deduced... Yeah. That since he knew something was happening... Yeah. Yeah. That someone's been blown up. Mm. And he's all like, look, I don't know what you did. So yeah, as I was saying before, I think on air, um, mm. uh, I think this this morning we're seeing now is the third time Hayato has gone through it. Mm. Because he was already having weird dreams... The first time. Yeah. And it also explains... Uh, the thing with the book. With the spoilers. In Heaven's Door. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So maybe Kira could just have been fucking with him. Though I don't know. I guess maybe maybe Rohan died again in that first loop. Yeah. I suspect it would just be like... Kira's just there being like... I know the time loop will just keep resetting. So mm-hmm. I'll just keep killing them. Because that's so cathartic. <laughs> so yeah, Kira explains that... Uh, that he killed Hayato last night, then he got his new power, then when he activated it on Hayato, time went back an hour undoing that murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, in Kira's words, Hayato became a bomb to protect him. Ah. Thus explaining why in the OP, Killer Queen's hands are like... Woo-hoo. Yeah, pushing that hat down over Hayato's eyes. Yeah. Ah. 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 He's the bomb now. He's the bomb now, dog. Yeah. And basically we end the episode on, like, Kira gloating that Rohan died. He's all like... Slash died in the future, slash the past. He's all like, well, well, looks like you're completely fucked in groundhog terms. (laughs) You know, fucked in groundhog terms. Yeah. You know, (laughs) fucked in groundhog terms. To be continued. I just do want to quickly do some due diligence on Another One Bites the Dust. Oh, yes. A we great a song. Jojo Vele note for it. I liked Killer Queen, and I wanted to draw it again as soon as possible, but I didn't have any reason to. So I did. I didn't want to make a stand that could do anything. So by splitting its abilities up like this, I added a limitation of sorts. Sick. You'll see more on that in the next few weeks. Okay, I like that. It's a nice, nice uh, way of doing things. Another One Bites the Dust is a 1980s British rock song by Queen. Written by bass guitarist John Deacon and featured in their eighth studio album, The Game. It goes, another one bites the dust. Um, um, another um. one bites the dust. Mm-hmm. Another one bites the dust. Steve walks down the street, his brimwalk pulled way down low. 
Are those the words? I think so. Let me check. Oh, shit. All I know is Another One Bites the Dust. And that's because the song is called Another One Bites the Dust. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you standing on the edge of your seat? Out of the doorway, the bullets rip, repeating to the sound of the beat. Uh. Yeah, that sounds about right. Great, okay. Another one bites the dust. That's it. We're going to be stuck with this for a little while. It's super cool. Nick, what are our highlights and lowlights for this episode? My highlight is the sort of sudden change in Kira. He went from completely fucked to... This is fine. Yeah. So not even the scene where the arrow goes up his arm. Just that first morning where he's just like, Hello, son. I'm here for you. And it's like... Oh shit, <laughs> something's going down. Because like everything that follows that point, you're like, Oh, Kira, you really DO'd this, didn't you? And that's it, yeah. That's my highlight. Great. It's just fucking rad. Your highlight? My highlight is uh, the Rohan death scene. That's super cool. Yeah, and the fact that he just wants Koichi. Mm. Don't we all? Yes. <laughs> How? Why do you keep asking these dumb questions about Koichi when they're obviously all, Yes, I want Koichi. But you don't know if you need Koichi, but mm, you're dying to find out. <laughs> yep, it's just that one song. Every low, time. low lights? My low light would have to be. Oh, what's yours? My low light is the close up of the man with his flies down, fly being down. That's fair. That's fair. It is a shot of some rather terrible underwear, so you have that. I will. Oh, okay, good. I reckon my low light would probably just have to be. The, f- the initial reset before things get explained because you're like, what's um, going on? Yeah, well, half that and half like, uh, is this just going to be a shitty endless eight? Yeah, an endless day kind of thing where you just sit there going, oh, now we reset. <laughs> oh, now we reset. Oh, no. But this time it's like, no, 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 no. It's a reset on a stipulation. Mm. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm so okay Great. with it. So that leads quite neatly into my next question for you, Nick. Which is? Yoshikage Kira mm-hmm. has matured. Matured? Matured. Ma- he has matured. Like a fine cheese. Oh, boy. Uh, he has implanted his third bomb, another one bites <laughs> the dust, into his son, in quotations, Hayato Kawajiri. Yep. Brohan Kashibe blew up in the future and the past. Y- yep. What do you think will happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable? In the episode entitled Another One Bites the Dust, part two. Shocking. Uh, I believe that we're going to get a whole lot of Hayato trying to outgame the system. Sure. So he knows that he can't tell people. He knows he can't write it down. But what else can he do to try? Because now he knows that people, or I assume now he'll know that people are meeting up. Or at least Mm. Rohan will be there at that time. Yeah. So maybe he'll just try and be there. And just go, yeah, don't read me. I can't tell you what's going on. But I, if you follow me, and then it'll blow up. <laughs> and then it'll just be like, damn it, I can't do that. And so he'll keep trying again and again to figure out ways to outgame this. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Or maybe he'll just go, okay, I know the guys are going to be here. What if I leave like my videotape there? And then maybe oh, yeah. that won't work either or something to that degree. But the entire episode, I think, will just be Hayato trying to outgame it. Mm-hmm. Very little from Josuke, Koichi, and all that. Just Hayato. <laughs> Josuke, technically in this episode. Yes, technically, I guess. And what of Rohan? Is he gonna be fine? Well, I mean, Rohan's back, right? Like, he won't remember anything. Mm. So, 
I mean, it'll be exactly the same series of events where he'll just be following this kid. Oh, yeah. And he'll just be like, hey, kid, come with me. And then he'll try to either read him again or Hayato will be smart enough to know that if he tries to read him, then shit will go bad. Mm. So he'll be like, oh, I should not let him do that. Let's uh, not allow that to happen. Right. And uh, and how do you think Hayato is going to ultimately get out of this scrape? Okay. So we all know from my part three part that I'm amazing at predictions. So here's how it's going to go down. He knows that he can't tell anyone and he knows that he can't help anyone. Otherwise he'll get blown up. Yep. But what if he does nothing and they just infer from photos? For example, if he hid and it would be the same if if Kira had killed him and like blown him up and he'd gone missing without a trace. No, no, no. I mean, And so they would be like, we were coming to find this kid and now this kid's gone. That dad's suspicious. No, I mean, if he just doesn't do anything and Rohan doesn't read him, then he will just be able to be like, oh, there are those guys. And why, just... why would Rohan not read him, though? Well, that is the question. Maybe he just... He can't tell Rohan where Kira is, but he can tell him not to read him because otherwise he'll blow up? He can't... I don't think he can say that because oh. that would be giving the game away via implication. Oh! I don't know. Maybe he just decides not to leave the house. That's what I was just saying. I mean, maybe he decides not... But then... Kira would just be like, good, you're falling right into my plan of being a shitty child. I'm so doesn't mature. Go to school. Oh, I have matured, haven't I? <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of... Wait, it, who's matured? Uh, Yoshikage Kira, serial killer and hand fetishist, unambiguous child murderer and immortal. And time traveller. And time traveller. Well, I suppose he's not a time traveller. Hayato's the time traveller. I guess, yeah. But it's one of those things that, like, I can't quite see how he would get out of it yet because... How do you get out of Groundhog? He finds true love. Oh, okay. There you go. He finds true love. He wakes up happy, realizes that God is a lie and that he was God all along. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, happens in that movie. And now he's like, oh, I'm out of the loop. Well, I'm happy now and a better human being. And now I die. Oh, he's stuck in the snow for like another day. Apparently there's quite a good um, musical montage slash song in the Groundhog Day musical. Which it's is a just, Groundhog Day musical? Apparently it's very good. Which is just all the times that Bill Murray's character, I presume not played by Bill Murray in the musical, <laughs> kills himself in the loops. Wow. Wow. That would be funny though. Just all the creative ways that you could be stuck in that loop. Of just like, jump off a cliff, electrocute yourself. Anyway, yeah, I can't see the solution yet. But I'm sure... Early days. I'm sure there's going to be a stand power that can... You know, actually, no. You know what it'll if be. If only there was some sort of power that could stop. Yeah, literally, my mind has just gone there. What if a new star finger emerges? Or a new, say, oh, so you travel through timelines? That's intriguing. I could do that if I wanted. What if Jotaro stopped time in the exact instance that rewinding was happening, thereby protecting himself from it? I mean, that bullshit could happen. (laughs) Let's be real. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how he's going to get out of it without... Because Jotaro surely will be the solution. Because he has time powers. Alright, I suppose we'll find out next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 4, Diamond is Unbreakable. This has been our podcast, JoJo's World. We're going to go play some Smash Brothers now. Before we leave, before we leave, I have fan art to show you. Okay. Sure. I don't know if you've seen this yet. Why are you showing me this on the audio podcast and not, say, posting it to our Twitter? Because it's on the Or pa- our Instagram. Because it's on the Patreon, Liam. Yeah, but sharing. Yeah, but I don't know how to share from Patreon. <laughs> and I'm scared to go on our Twitter in case we get spoilers. <laughs> So, from Quan Robinson, we have this lovely little ditty. Why don't you describe it? Uh, it's me looking like Jonathan Joestar holding up a Joseph rock. Joseph Joestar. So, 
No, Jonathan Joestar. Oh, sorry, my mistake. Yeah. yeah. Liam. Oh. Liam. When we last met, you were but the apprentice, but now you've become the master. Uh, and you're dressed up as Zapelli. And um, <laughs> and I'm pointing at you and saying, I hate you. And I'm saying, look, Liam, I can even lift this rock. I say it's a work of art because you've got the squintiest motherfucking <laughs> eyes just being like, yeah, yeah. Because that's exactly what you do on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Quan Robinson. Until next time. To, to be, be continued. continued.